too much horror business driving late at night psycho 78 12 o'clock don't be late i said all this horror business. greetings and salutations my name is justin lore and i'm liam o'donnell <laughs> and you are listening to episode 100 that's right 100 episodes of bullshit and today may fucking 11th on our 100th episode (laughs) to celebrate 100 episodes we have not one but two special guests to help us out we have Joshua, the real deal Alvarez from Cinepunk and then we have Al, the starfish from Tesseract I can confirm I am not Al White from Airplane, Airplane 2, and Back to the Future Part 2. Unfortunately. Fair enough. I know. I'm sorry. This is what you got. That you got me. remains to be seen. I will neither confirm or deny that he is an actor who's in Airplane. Man. Who's our agent on the, this? We had to bring in the big guns, people. We had to bring in the big guns for <laughs> 100. Fucking 100. A hundo. That's Steve too many. Up. You should probably I, quit. I mean... <laughs> I mean, part of me, part of me wrestles after the after we do every episode. I should quit, and then every episode after that is a defiance of my own shortcomings and a defiance of the will of God, because that's the voice in my head telling me to quit, and I say no. What? First and of all, and a defiance of getting a microphone. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I was like, <laughs> other than your refusal to buy a microphone, you're really good at this. So I don't know why you would want to quit. Yes. Look, you literally look, have one flaw, look, which is you look. refuse to oh, get a microphone. Oh, I have. Don't even get me. St- we don't have time to talk about the many beyond numeration flaws that I have. Not as a podcaster. I don't think. That's uh, I don't know. Uh, you're crazy. You're crazy. Okay. Person. So anyway, this is not. <laughs> let's all gang up on Justin. Because I'm literally complimenting lose. you. I'm literally complimenting you. I will fucking you. kill you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this took a turn. Hundred episodes of this. No <laughs> one know. shut you down I yet. Know. I know. I know. Thank you. FCC. Sleep on the watch. That's the beauty of podcasts. That's the beauty of podcasts. It's the, it's the silent, silent affirmation of oh, I continue doing something and nobody stopped me. <laughs> mm, noted. I will take that Thank as affirmation you, of my actions. <laughs> This is a bad episode to start live broadcasting on a children's yeah. Facebook page, huh? That's <laughs> probably the grim. wrong one. Yeah. It just got real grim, yeah. It did get real grim. <laughs> what what were you gonna say? About my microphone, about me not watching Blu-ray? What? What is it? That about, because it's our 4K Blu-ray. Oh man, he come on. Come on. No, I was gonna say because it's our hundredth episode, we decided it's time for a four-way dance where it's not even just the fact that we have four folks on the episode all stomping on each other nonstop. I mean, we're going to be talking over each other this whole fucking thing. But it's not just that. We're also covering four, four. fucking movies. Four movies we're covering. Why, why not three? Why, why four? Because there are four of us. Oh, there is me, out. there is Liam, there is you, and there is Joshua. I forget to count myself. So it's, you know. it's called reciprocity, <laughs> Al. Look at the fuck up. Come on. There's four of us. Four movies. And the movies we are doing, we are doing 1982's pile of absolute fucking horse shit, Cat People, Paul <laughs> Schneider's worst film ever. We are doing... <sighs> oh, I'm sorry. Did you, did you have something to say? No, I actually We're don't have anything to say. We're doing 1990's 
artistic reimagining by Tom Savini of the classic <laughs> zombie film by George Alberto Romero, Night we'll of the Living Dead. We are doing 2004's gripping, apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic, post-human, transhuman reimagining of George Romero's 1978 classic, Zack Snyder's Opus De Opus Magnum. Dawn of the Dead. Ugh. And then we're doing, Ugh. fuck you, get fucked. Get fucked by the movie in the jungle fucking volcano. And, and then we are doing the underrated reimagining of Sam Raimi's classic chiller, the tale of the Book of the Dead. That was Necronomicon Ex Mortis. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Evil Dead. Now, we're going to forego the usual bullshit where I pretend to be in some wacky situation and I need help. So I yell to Liam, what have you done? I think this is it. I think this recently? is the wacky. This is the wacky situation. It's it pretty, is a wacky it is pretty wacky. Yeah. You, At this we're, point, we're, my we're, life is a wacky situation, but go on. We're not going to talk about what we're doing in horror recently. We're going to skip that because we've got a lot of shit to cover. We ha- I have a lot of screaming to do, a lot of threats to make, and a lot of feelings to hurt. So I'm going to thank our patrons on Patreon. Thank you for donating to us. If you want to donate, you can go to www.patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. I would like to thank every single person who's donated. Every single person from our Magwitch-esque fairy godmother, Dana, who is apparently too cool for wrestling to come up to whatchamacallit, the thing that Chris rejects doing. She's too cool. I'm sorry. I'm too cool. I don't really like wrestling. She, lit- she literally was like... You're going to a thing with wrestling? Like, I might as well said I was eating dirt or something. Who the fuck does she think she is? Aside from the person who gives us a lot of money. Thank you, Dana. Just because she doesn't live in Vermont or New Hampshire or wherever the fuck she used to live. She doesn't understand that she's now in the danger zone. Okay? Money you know, come, money love. I have gone to a wrestling event with a Patreon subscriber, Bruce Park. He took me to see Combat Zone Wrestling couple summers ago and never recovered so it's great you know, was that a patreon saying, reward no it wasn't how much it was do i have a, to pay for a, that? a punishment of my of, of, i'm pretty sure he was mad at me i don't know <laughs> ryan yan so, was there it was bring your own weapon day and i brought a bundle of fluorescent tubes that then got smashed on a man it was terrifying go off sounds erotic if you want to become a patron, like Dana, like I'm a, I'm a patron, like like I'm Al White, I was about like to say new, new patron Al White, and who is Bruce Park, incredible by the way. Thank you, Al. You can head to www.patreon.com backslash cinepunks. Now we don't ask that you give forty gold doubloons like Dana does, or a bottle cap like Bruce Park does. <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything you can give, and anything you do give is greatly appreciated. We're also brought to you by the fine people at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, the premier screen printing company of the greater Lehigh Valley area. Now, Josh, yeah. if I said to you, I want to start a Dead Kennedys ripoff band, but we're all constantly drunk and in suits and we're soaking wet and we're called the Ted Kennedys. Because we just climbed, we just climbed fuck. out of the bay after oh, killing our escorts. Fuck. If I wanted to get t-shirts made for that tasteless idea, where would you suggest that I go? I would suggest that you go to xlvacx.com on the internet for the Lehigh Valley's premier screen printers. Now, here's the funny thing about that, Justin Lore. I was at jiu-jitsu school at Shorty's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in West Philadelphia. 
And they got all their shit printed at LVAC because of yours truly, your boy yes. doing the good work. And uh, they said they called it LVAC. They're like, yeah, we went to LVAC because of you. And I said, nothing. Because you know that, what? That would, that would annoy Chris Reject, so I support it. Yeah, they, they, they called it LVAC, and I did not correct them. Tell them Cinepunk sent you, I said. That's what I said. Fuck yeah. On this very <laughs> podcast network, uh, a podcaster that shall remain nameless, I shan't, re- I shall not tell their name, refers to it as www.xlvacx.com. And it fucking, I'm like, that's so weird. I'm not going to say who that podcaster is. That's got it. That's got to be Jacob, right? Is that Jake? It's not Jacob. It's not Jacob. Oh, well, then I really don't know. I'm not going to narrow it down anymore. How do, how do you will pronounce the streaming uh, service T U B I? Tubi. Mm-hmm. Not Tubby. Is that mm-hmm. when, what's the option here? To well, buy. The I've heard of, people say Tubby. The final girls say Tubby. And, and I I took the liberty of reaching out to the company who uh, confirmed to me it is Tubi. Well, yeah, because it's a it's like a t- like the boob tube, like your like tube. a TV tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Weird. They can't be trusted. I can't. No, trust I just like that. to call. I call it out on their show. I call it out on my show. I, I want to call that. it out on I any show it. I'm on. I love it. That love they're it. full of shit. Don't listen to the final girls. The fucking until they rectify their pronunciation decisions. <laughs> I mean, I they've never had me as a guest, so I don't listen to the show. They've had Fuck you as a guest. No, they've never Man. had me as a guest. We were on one of their episodes. <laughs> That's us as a team. It's got to be me solo, or it doesn't count. Look at so I've heard weird. that sentence before. <laughs> I'm actually obviously vegan kidding. Beef, I listen baby, to the show. Vegan beef, Justin, give it. Yeah. Okay. Mm, Liam, vegan beef. Yes. Who else is that? Who who else who else supports this podcast? I'll do this really quick in a professional way. Uh, Essex Coffee Roasters. Uh, our friend Aaron started his own coffee company in order to accomplish. Uh, something really important, I think, which is getting you the highest quality coffee while demystifying coffee for you, where you don't have to think, well, fancy coffee, that's for uptight elitists. No, it's for you. And he's going to roast your order, uh, roast your beans to order. He's going to get it to you very quickly, and he's going to get you some of the best coffee you can get anywhere in the world. So head on over to EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, enter in the code CINEPUNK, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Get that 10% off. All capital letters, 10%. Not just coffee either. They got that loose leaf tea for you if you're into that sort of thing. They got uh, all kinds of merch and stuff. And they work with bands and labels. They've got all this uh, branded merch. You know, they did the Cross Keys John. Now they got the Kill Switch Engage John. It's they crazy. Had a darkest, they had a Darkest Hour John. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. But apparently Darkest Hell, Hour. Hell minded cool. too. Yeah, they did oh. Hell-Minded Records, too. And in theory, we're doing a Cinepunks one, although I'm still working on the label because I'm trying to redo yeah. our, our logo. So uh, it's taken a while. But we're, we we're gonna, should, it's going to make it happen. We should also if, do a hard business one. Yeah, eventually, man, man. Look at that. I know. So a Cinepunks coffee, Hell-Minded, and my band? It's like, it's like I'm a shill for the company. And guess what? I know. You don't even like coffee. I am. I know, right? I drink uh, Folgers Black Silk. <laughs> oh god all right let's let's please move on i don't want to talk right. talking to josh about coffee <laughs> makes me sad in my heart all right that's first our first movie our first film of this fest is the film mm. that liam o'donnell picked because liam is a very horny person he picked <laughs> 1982's erotic thriller cat people Directed by Paul Schrader, who's he's done a few things. You might have heard of him. It stars 
Nasty Kinski and Malcolm McDowell. It's definitely Nasty just Natasha. There's, 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 there's no J in Natasha, Liam. There's no oh, J in Natasha. You just, you just... Can I please have my nickname be Nasty Kinski from now on? Because that <laughs> shit is hard. Uh, call it's me also... Nasty Kinski for the rest of this show. Please. Okay. <laughs> it also has John Hurd, Annette O'Toole, Ruby D, and Ed Bagley Jr. in it, but not Ed Bagley Sr. We don't know what he's up to. I hope he's not dead. He probably is. Mm. Um, and distressed cats. They, they deserve some these credit. These cats are so upset. Very these upset. These cats are so Bummed upset. Cats. One of them is um, literally climbing the fucking walls. Mm, mm, Liam, tell mm. me about this movie. So this is um, Paul Schrader's attempt at a uh, remake of the original uh, Cat People, the Val Luton classic, which I've never seen, so feel free to call me a poser. Uh, basically, I uh, covered this movie. Um, In the oh, last time we tried to record this. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, know what you're talking about. I don't acknowledge a, a previous recording attempt. That's a drum roll. That's a fucking drum I'm, roll. I'm uncomfortable with the rug that has been pulled out from under me. I... <laughs> I was under pretend. I was under the pretense that we were all acting. I know. And I know. Putting Justin, some fucking effort into this no, shit. Justin doesn't believe in kayfabe. He never has, and he never will. I avoided it all previous opportunities to make jokes about our previous recordings, and then Justin just swoops in. Hey, we can still do it. I'm an actor acting well. Uh, I do already want to point out. Not to, anyway, not, to, not, to, not to just like jump on you, Liam, but, but I do want to point out your first sentence describing the movie that you chose for remake uh, 100th episode. You said his attempt was your word. His attempt. Yeah, because I think in retrospect, he says he wished he had made it not as a remake of Cat People, but called it something else entirely. And I fully agree. It's, it's, I think it should be its own thing um, because it doesn't seem to share much with the original Whatever, but you know, the, the the this was part of the effort to hold on to these titles as well as stuff like The Thing and, and other movies that came out at the time. So I, I get it. Uh, it is a film that um, is about denial of desire, about um, uh, sexuality in its most perverse forms, uh, and and I think there's sort of a, a through line of. Um, a version of religiosity that's about uh, devotion to something dangerous, to something, the, the attraction to death and to something that is mystifying because it is dangerous. Um, I love this movie. I, I really appreciate its sweatiness. Um, I appreciate uh, the cats, though, much like Al, I do worry that something horrible is done to these cats to make them so intense. Um, and, and, I, and I really like the aesthetic of it all. Like, I think it works um, much better in its moodiness than it does in the ways it explores its characters. Uh, a couple of the things about it that I found frustrating on this watch that um, I hadn't really thought about as much on previous watches. One is, um, I don't think the movie treats Annette O'Toole very well, who I enjoy very much as an actress, or I should say actor. Um, I think she's really great, uh, and the film sort of doesn't give her a lot to do and then utilizes her for a, I would say, basically exploitative nude scene, a, a completely unnecessary nude scene. It's that cheap. I, it's cheap, 
and I feel like if you're going to ask that of somebody now, now, to be fair, she doesn't feel bad about it. But for me as a viewer, I'm thinking this doesn't need to be here. And she's not given a lot to do in this movie. I just wish she was given more to do because I think she's a good actress. Um, I also think the ending, I think the ending, the very, very end, which I guess, you know, spoilers for a, you know, uh, 40 year old movie but uh <laughs> i think the very end is meant to be romantic you know this idea that, that he this... turns her into a cat with his wiener well <laughs> maybe that part's not romantic but the idea that like <laughs> he gets to keep her nearby and and she is sort of this impossible love but he he still has her close to him and and you know she eats the cat eats from his hand which i guess is meant to suggest that like that she has affection for him or something like that. The whole thing feels gross to me. It feels like some sort of gross, like like chauvinist fantasy of like she's too too dangerous to love, but I still get to keep her in a cage. It just like rubbed me the wrong way this time. I mean, the first time I saw it, I think I was too bowled over by a lot of the weird aesthetic choices and how how to me kind of unsettling. I think the whole movie is uh, in 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 sort of a very horny way that um that I didn't think too much about how the ending plays out. Um, I also have now, and and you know, I guess maybe this is a bad thing, but I'm a little bit biased based upon Paul Schrader's current sort of like public persona, um, and I just feel like that ending doesn't play well in my mind. And I'd I'd really much like to see a version of this movie that had a lot of the same themes and a lot of the same kind of um, stickiness, uh, but. You know, ended on a different note. I think. I think that note. It doesn't ruin the movie for me, but it it, it kind of it, it it tainted a little bit of how I was thinking about the film. Still, overall, even though I don't know that it is very faithful to the original, it's still a movie I enjoy a lot. Uh, I really like Natasha Kinski in it. I think she's great. I really like John Hurt in it. Uh, I really like Malcolm McDowell in it. There's there's just a lot that really works for me. Um, but I I you know. On this viewing, I got to be honest, that ending was a bummer. Uh, what did you guys think of the film? I really hate the scene where Malcolm McDowell eats the pink flesh on the bed. <laughs> the jelly. It bums me out so hard. It's like the only thing I can think of right now. Like the whole time while you were talking, I was like, yeah, well, then he ate that fucking weird flesh jelly. And it makes me so upset. It makes me so sorrowful that I hate it. And, um, yeah, we guaranteed he wasn't meant to. <laughs> Oh, just like an acting Jesus. choice. Why would you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just the whole movie's a blur. That scene crystal clear in my memory, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sucks. I love that scene. <laughs> I think that's really oh good. hell no. Oh it's god, so just thinking about it's how he so on it makes me so sad. But um, yeah, this movie is horny. It's cool. It's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was feeling it. It was my first time watch. I'd never seen it before. So, and I love Malcolm McDowell and I love uh, Nasty Kinski. And like, I thought they were both pretty compelling. I mean, you know, I do like the aesthetic of it all. I like the dream sequence, which makes no sense at all. I'm into it. I'm into it. It's cool. You know, boning animals. Cool, man. You know, <laughs> and all the other shit that Liam said. You know what I'm saying? It's dope. I've never said this before either. I know it's weird. It's my first time talking about this Can movie. We, uh, all right, guys, come on. <laughs> let's let's make an effort. Let's at least pick just in your brain. Think how a professional would do it, and then just pretend to be almost that. Okay. 
Al, what did you think? <laughs> my, my mind is processing what Liam just requested from me, and that's too much. It's too much to ask for. Um, yeah, this was. I'd seen this one as a teenager. I'd forgotten everything about it other than an, an attractive young woman walking around naked for most of the movie and some cats, and that's about it. Well, actually, the beginning cat bit really stuck with me. The colors are really cool in the opening. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in a dream sequence later, which I really appreciate. I kind of wish... It's one of those movies that is kind of like this could only exist in the period of time it was made, you know, like so many of those 80s films where it's like, this is just such a surreal fucking film and it's so unfocused and that makes it now retroactively special, but kind of like Liam's saying, I just, I wish there was another version of this where they could crystallize the themes and really talk about it because yeah, even the 1940s one, which again, I haven't seen that since I was a teenager, but that, that was all about sexual repression of desire from women because it wasn't what was acceptable then and I feel this is you know, Schrader's a horny boy and he's trying to re-lens that through the night. When was this? 1982, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So like very horny time to be making movies. And <laughs> he's, it, and the pro, it feels like it's trying to say a lot of things, but I don't know that it really is. <laughs> and it's like, and then there are these opportunities for a really great story in there with like the police procedural like air, air, like side of it with, Going down in that basement and finding the carcasses, which is fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, like, Malcolm McDowell's just lost from the movie. There's these crazy rules to do with you... Oh, fuck, my brain's foggy with it now. Was it you, you have sex with somebody and then you become the cat because they're not your own kind and then you have to kill someone to become human again. And it's definitely, right. like metaphorical like there are so many accounts online people are into this movie so many accounts online like ripping this apart and talking about what it's trying to say and i personally feel like it's one of those movies where they knew 50 percent what they're trying to say and then they just fucking went with it <laughs> just were like yeah some david bowie music let's yeah like have these like strange scenes is this fucking this is, i mean this is a jerry bruckheimer movie which yep. is insane to me <laughs> like that's so strange i like that there I, I watched an interview with paul schrader and he talked about going to one of the first screenings of the film and there being a couple moments watching it with a crowd where he turned to Bruckheimer and said we might have gone a little too far <laughs> wow i love that but then they did i mean they only made minor edits in the end like they definitely stuff that they cut out some of which on nasty kinski's request actually but um but they didn't make major changes to it before it came out, which is interesting to me. But if it feels like it feels like not, it feel, doesn't feel like stuff was edited out because of violence or nudity. It feels like stuff was edited out because of story. Right. <laughs> they were like, no, right. this makes too much sense. Take it out because um, <laughs> it, it's just <laughs> get rid. <laughs> yeah, we don't want clarity of intention with this movie. Well, we just want weird mood, and I'm into that. Like I love weird yeah. mood, so like I'm, well, I'm totally fine. I think it kind of walks a line, and I think that. I'm totally fine with a movie for which narrative isn't that important, but I think in eschewing some of that narrative and thus also eschewing some of that character development, the movie isn't quite as strong as it could be because instead of getting more imagery like that dream sequence, which I think is really strong, if maybe a little, uh, might be a little bit of like a orientalism there, you know, there might be a little like fetishization mm -hmm. of the East in that, part mm -hmm. but uh take that away i still think the imagery and the production design is really strong during that sequence but there's actually less of that than you would think there's more 
of the camera reminding you how attractive uh, Nasty Kinski is. And I don't think mm. that's as helpful as it could be. Like, I get why that's part of the theme of the movie, but it's it's a little excessive. And I don't mean that in a moral way, although there's probably something underneath that. But I just mean, like, it, it doesn't work for the film. And, and especially when, if we are going to have a narrative it, that matters to how we tell the story, like if there are important plot points and important character development, then we need to spend a little more time with it. I, You know, when they find those bodies in the basement, it could be such an awesome moment in the film, but it instead feels almost random, like, whoa, okay. Uh, all right and then they just <laughs> yeah. move on and uh, which just sounds like a <laughs> which probably sounds like a really strong critique i'm not saying the movie doesn't work i just wish if we weren't going to spend time developing some of those details that then we would spend time with things that are a little more visual and abstract uh but you know i i i fully admit if i was maybe as horny for natasha kinski as paul schrader was then maybe i would be a little less critical because the film really wants to make sure you see a lot of her. But, um, you know, that's fine, but it's just not why I came to the movie. I actually think a lot of the other stuff in the movie is really strong and I, and I want more of it, you know? But but I think the problem is, is like, because it, it, it is all about sex and it is all about sexual repression and it's sure. all about her desire with Home Alone Dad. And, like, the, the and the problem is, like, I think all of that is legitimized. Like, I think it's one of those films where the nudity is like, yeah, that's right. what it is about. Oh, no, yeah, but, 100%. But you have to then clarify and double, you know, you have to make these character arcs present themselves <laughs> through the story. And instead you get to the end and you're just like, well, I, I, I'm not really sure I know anyone's intent. I don't even know for sure what, the, what Home Alone Dad's relationship is with his ex-girlfriend, apparently, but it feels like his girlfriend during the film. Right. It's, it's so nebulous. And at the end of the movie, it's like, he, you need sacrifice. Like he should be like, we've established these rules, which he doesn't know about, by the way. Like we just learned for a dream sequence with, with Nasty Kinski. And it's, really frustrating because then they're like well fine he knows the rules too but then he doesn't even enact on the rules and like sacrifice himself by going well kill me and you can turn back you know he's just it's just so muddled with his narrative storytelling that yeah it makes the nudity less legitimized even though i think it's fine for what they're trying to do including the amount of male nudity like there's you know oh yeah malcolm mcdowell penis and yeah, it's it's not that I think it's excessive in an exploitative way. It just takes up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And some of that time could be spent talking, you know, or, you know, establishing a little more of Malcolm, who again, it's not his performance I think is lacking. I just think he's a little for such an important part of the movie, he's a little underutilized. Like we just could spend yeah. a little more time with him. Yeah. Instead of falking, they should be talking. Not fucking. Uh, or if we still want sexiness, they could be having conversations while she's nude or something. You know, like I get the idea that the the sweatiness is part of the appeal of the film, but it just seems like okay, then find a way to move the plot forward more during some of those sequences. And I and I don't know that that is as successful as it could be. Again, this sounds like a, a rough critique. I still think the movie overall works. I just think it could be a little bit better. I don't know. Justin, you haven't said much. What do you think about this movie? I mean, uh, assuming your first evaluation isn't your total thought about it, which it is that. It stinks. It <laughs> stinks. <laughs> what do you think about the transformation scene, though? There's there's something about the the first transformation that Malcolm McDowell goes through where you see his hand Very turn into the paw. Very interesting. It, 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 okay. 
I'm getting this weird out. sense of I'm getting this weird sense of deja vu. I don't know why. Stop. Just say it. What I like about it is the first hint of the transformation we see is when Malcolm McDowell's eyes go all funky for like a split second. And mm. that's unsettling. Like there's funky just something feline. that's Yeah, but not not even like crazy funky like thriller funky. Like they were like just sort of like there and then gone and it was like, "Oh, did I did I did I like imagine that or what happened? But like the actual gooiness of him climbing out of the cat, uh, I thought was like a neat choice for the way to show a transformation from some sort of were creature back into a human being because it, you cannot top the the howling and an American Wonderful London. You just you can't. It's not going to happen. So. I like that they kind of chose to go in, in like a different direction, which was like, um, instead cat. of it, yeah, it, it, it's like, you know, the, the cat's like vomiting up a person, which I thought was really cool. It's very gooey, but I like it. I deplore your use of the word gooey. Is that, is that your, put, is that your review of the whole movie? It's very yeah, it's gooey, very but gooey, you but like, but it. like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I mean, cause that's the, the whole movie is just like people trying and sometimes sometimes succeeding in fucking, and when they don't succeed, they they turn into cats, which is a nightmare. <laughs> so in a movie in which that is the the plot line, <laughs> I feel that my review of it's gooey, but I like it is act. Yeah, I could see that. It was very fair. It's just, it's yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Al, what were you going to say? No, I'm just going to lose my shit. It's just when you like actually talk about what the plot is for this movie. <laughs> it's it's fucking, insanity. It's, it's like fucking that. lunacy. But you could do really cool. That's what's frustrating. It's like there are a dozen different ways you could refocus this film. I have no problem with the mood. I have no problem with the nudity. I have no problem. Like none of the acting is amazing, but I have no problem with any of the acting. Like I don't think the direction is, is, you know, incredible, but it has like a vision for mood and atmosphere, which I think is cool. Like we haven't talked much about the location and it's got its own, its own atmosphere, which is unusual to see mm. in films. New um, Orleans. New Orleans. But I'm sorry, yeah, by the Bay. <laughs> but honestly, like it's it's all it's all the script. Like the script is the problem for me with this film. And it's it's not that it's a bad script, it's just that it's a really unfocused one that needed a lot more time. And I feel the eighties is just full of these movies that are like, yeah, that'll do. And then they just want to spend millions making it. Well, here's a here's a thing. Here's a thing that I didn't bring up before. And by before I mean in my life ever. I've never brought this up. That's what I'm talking about. Is that like I can't – this movie gives me like kind of like the wolfen or like the hunger vibes and I mm. don't know if it's because it's like David Bowie is kind of sort of not really but vaguely minimally involved in the music. It just gives me vibes of like the hunger or the wolfen. I don't know. That's I don't know what I'm going with that. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I mean I do think that um... – it's certainly not a traditional take on a monster story whatsoever. Uh, and, and I think one thing that is worth mentioning is like, I think the vibe from John Hurd, I mean, let's be clear. I think the John Hurd character, uh, otherwise known as the Home Alone dad, is, <laughs> is, is actual name. frustratingly <laughs> underwritten. Right, like I think there yeah. could be a lot more there. However, I do think the vibe it's giving off is very much like we're supposed to, 
in my mind, it feels like we're supposed to get the feeling that there's something about her that is entrancing him at this like deep subconscious level. And I feel like that connects with the Malcolm McDowell character who literally smiles at a woman in a graveyard and she goes home with him. And I, I get this feeling that that's part mm. of who the cat people are that, you know, I, I wonder to what extent this world that they're in where it's like we have to commit incest so we don't murder people is like a new vibe that Mm -hmm. in the past fucking and then eating people was like all part of the fun like that's why that's that's the great joy of being a cat person and so like this ability it, it you know what it made me think of is you know they talk about the uh the brain parasites that the the mice get where they go towards the cat you guys know about this Oh yeah, it's nightmare fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. I, that's how I was thinking of these cat people. That like the the very people who are likely to fuck and then get eaten are like drawn to them in this way. That it it made me think of uh, of this sort of idea of um, the 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 worshiping that thing that is dangerous that is going to murder you. You know, I picture these mice as like drawn to these cats in almost a sense of devotion. And that's what I think about with this John Hurt character. And so perhaps there's supposed to be some sort of triumph when instead of getting fucked and eaten, he puts the kitty in a cage. It it didn't really vibe for me that way, but I could see someone getting that reading of like, oh, you know. But it, it in some ways it it it's sort of an unfair like cake and eat it too sort of deal where you know i I think it you know when you talk about there's this sort of religious devotion to it i think what john hurt does with the cat at the end is sort of like it's what people it's where the idea of like worship comes from is that you worship something because in some way you wish to control it like you worship the thunder god because you don't want the thunder god to fucking send a flood to wipe your house out. So I think like the very fact that ultimately in the end of this, uh, of this film, he has this cat in a cage that he has now full control of. I think that was the sole purpose of his devotion to begin with. It was, it was something to be controlled and something to be like um, contained and, 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 and dominated over. But this is the exact problem. Cause like I've read stuff online of people saying the opposite and saying that it's both ways saying like he's trapped as well because he, he the, the only thing he can love or get pleasure out of is inaccessible to him now other than in no, he could fuck that he cat. Can look he at just, it. He, he could fuck the cat. <laughs> he could. He he's could just a cat. coward. What if the, what if the but, part of the cosmology, what if that was the part that they never explained is like the only way to become human again, other than eating a human is to get <laughs> fucked by a human, but it just never works out. Like no one ever's like, no one's ever still discovered in. it. Yeah. I'll I'll still go, yeah. Which, to be honest, in the opening of the movie, I'm not sure. The opening of the movie is fucking weird with that. Um, But that's the problem. It's like, it's really hard to know. Like, we don't even know what's consensual by the end of the movie, which can cause interesting discussion, but I don't think in a good way here because I feel it's not on purpose. It's like, all we know is she says, I want to be with my own kind. He then ties her up, presumably fucks her, we she turns into a cat. We don't get to see that with the cat tied up and, and spread legs all falls on his bed. And then he's got it locked up in a cage. And we don't know was there any was there a conversation during sex where she was like, by the way, once I've turned, please put me in a cage. Or was it like, actually, can you take me, you know, to this place in the world and free me with my kind? And he's like, no, fuck that. I put like we don't know. Like there's no idea. Like so, I don't know how to interpret the end of the film because they don't want to tell me. Yeah, if someone's going to become an animal and they say, I want to be with my own kind, my first thought is it like, you mean in captivity, right? Yeah, you mean like, the zoo, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, at the zoo, you mean. <laughs> yeah, 
That's where I know uh, animals yeah. from is the in, zoo. So. In the most upsetting zoo I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. The fucking most Dickensian zoo I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the, the craziest, be nasty Kinsey's into that, though. The craziest, <laughs> part, the craziest part to me about the zoo is that it doesn't exist, right? Like, they made that. That's like mm-hmm. their design is that fucking zoo. And <clears throat> like when I saw that, that someone like designed that just for the movie, I thought, does that person hate animals? Like, that's that, that's where God. the design came Thank from. God. I thought it was the same existed. zoo from uh, Dead Alive with the fucking monkey uh, <laughs> <laughs> thing. I would be deeply uh, upset if that zoo existed in real life. So, so like, thank God someone fucking came up with it. All right. Well, we got a bunch of other movies to talk about. So we should no, keep it we're moving. just talking about cat people. And this is the cat hey, people episode, hey, Liam. And hey, hey. My, my favorite, Nasty honestly, Kinsky, I know you don't. I know you don't like to spread rumors, but my favorite, honestly, my favorite thing in this whole movie is the opening scene, and then just the extra information of of the director proposing to the actors. That's my favorite. <laughs> The whole reason for me to watch this movie is you watch it. Yeah, you see how horny it is. Let's let's be clear here. We don't know that this is a hundred percent true, but multiple sources report that not only was Paul Schrader having an affair with uh, then nineteen year old Natasha Kinski the whole movie, when he was like forty years old. Yeah, afterwards he proposed to her, and she found that ridiculous. By the way, well, <laughs> you you're not comfortable quoting her. She said. Paul, I always fuck my directors, and in your case, it was particularly tiresome. <laughs> nasty Kinski. Nasty. The nasty Kinski. Again, Wait, honestly, this is, just the re- best. this is just reported. I don't want to. I don't We're not say saying whether it's true or happened. not. Is yeah. it, even if it's a lie, it's a great story, and that yeah. to me is more. Into, I want to see that movie. Like more than I want to see this movie. That is an interesting story. They can do as much of her in this film of fucking her wearing fishing wellies, bending over in short shorts as they want. Like, I want to see. All right. Look, we're going to move on to Night of the Living Dead. However, I do want to say, as much as we can kind of make jokes about it, I do really like this movie. I think it's really uh, enjoyable. I like it. I just wish, I just think there's the seeds there of something else that I might like even more but who knows because i don't think anyone's ever going to remake paul schrader's cat people i don't think that's actually in the cards i'm giving it a 6.5 out of 10 out of 10 get the fuck out of here jesus <laughs> ratings Come i'm on. gonna be right i'm gonna rate the movies as we go through this time oh god <laughs> all right oh, next. and uh, by the way we for- have, we're gonna hate you we are gonna hate you josh's i'm not josh's no one's gonna hate you nobody hates anyone in our business not he, he will when he hears what I score his movie. It's Up cool. next is I ain't afraid of you, Al White. <laughs> Back to the Future. I'm not afraid. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, you mess with one bean, you get the whole burrito. I thought we went over this. <laughs> <laughs> Up next is 1990s uh, reimagining of the 1968 classic Night of the Living Dead, directed by Tom Savini, starring Patricia Tallman, Tony Todd, Tom Towles, Bill Mosley, William Butler, and Katie Finneran. Josh, why did you pick this movie? Tell me about it. Go. I like it. Next question, Justin. Next question. <laughs> no, this movie's dope. I just I enjoy it very much. I saw it as a young kid, and uh, I just like it. It's super fun to me. And, uh, it's dope as fuck. <laughs> Dope as shit, much like the rest of my life. So, of course, I resonated with this movie in particular. Next question, Justin. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, fuck. Um, no, this movie just- fucking rules, man. I mean, it's like one of those upgraded movies where you're just like, all right, like, look, I get it. The cover band's never as good as the original, and that's cool. But also, this movie had, what, like 30 years to update its, its like, you know, gross? And I was, like, the gross effects and all that shit, it definitely hit at a time when I was like, yo, that shit is dope, yo. And, um, yeah, I still think that. Go on, Al. Hit me yeah, with it, Yeah, Al, buddy. what do you got to say? I'm confused. I thought we were talking about the Thing prequel with uh, Mary Elizabeth and stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Damn. No, we're talking about the carnival. The, the, we're talking about the remake of um, Carnival of, uh, what was that one? Carnival of Souls. Carnival of Souls. Yeah, Carnival of Souls with, with uh, that, the other white girl. The I don't know. Movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't like it. Um, yeah, cool, like Night of the Living cool. Dead. I've said, I've said this a lot in podcasts. Like, Night of the Living Dead, the original, was like the movie that I, I saw when I was like 17 years old and it blew my mind and it converted me to genre film. And I've never left the world since. Um, you know, mostly just because of the, just the vibe and the mood and the stories they would tell and the ending, like Dwayne's acting. I love it. I love it. And yeah, the ending just broke all the rules. And I was like, I want more of this where we can break all the rules of filmmaking. Um, and I watched every zombie film I could because it was at a point where you could watch every zombie film that came out before it just became insane the amount of content um and I remember the first time I saw Night Living Dead um I didn't I mean yeah I always hated the beginning I still think the opening is really bad uh, just really really bad but once oh, everyone reimagining in the reimagining yeah okay once everyone gets together in the house like it picks up and I still feel the same way it just it looks like a tv movie for me I think they don't do enough like i i feel if you like you did the cover band analogy and i always want a band to have a new vision for a song if they're going to cover it here they have a couple of things which they do which improve on the original the zombie effects are better barbara is a much more of an active and interesting character um and they sort of reshape the ending in a way that i think works fine like i like it i don't love it but i like it um but everything else in this movie is just a version of what I've already seen in the original and none of it is done anywhere near as good and it just looks kind of boring. I think the uh, the bad guy in the movie is way over the top. Um, yeah, and I just, I don't know. For me, it's just, it's a very disposable film. I don't hate it, but I can't, I meet a lot of people who love it and I can't comprehend it, is <laughs> the honest truth. I don't, I want to understand. So all of you convince me. Liam, what do you hate about this movie? I I, I I think I know, but I don't think I know. What do you hate so much about this movie? Tell me. Tell me, Liam. I mostly right now just hate you. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. Tom Towles as uh, Harry Cooper is one of the few things about this movie that truly takes me out. I, I, I will say... I don't know that I fully agree with Al, but I will say him critiquing the beginning has a little bit of resonance for me. I think that there's a, there's a little bit of a winkiness about the introductory scene that is a bit off-putting. And I don't think vibes with the rest of the film, because I don't think the rest of the film is like, ha-ha, we're doing it again. Here we are doing it again. Ha-ha. It feels different than that. Um, it, so that... That aspect of that opener kind of feels discordant to me. Um, but I, I think the rest of the film is really strong, and I really like the performances, uh, except 
specifically for Tom Towles. And and I we talked we talked about this last time, but I'm going to repeat myself here. What do you mean last time? I, you uh, keep I know. saying that. I'm I just, sorry. No, you weird. keep saying it and I got <laughs> I, I got don't know what you're corrupted about. by you. You're right. I don't there know was what no other time. About. One thing I said one time in the past at some point was that I don't know if it's <laughs> His performance. To a 7-Eleven clerk at like 3 in the morning in Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if it's his performance or the writing or the way he's being directed, but it's off-putting. He's A, he's always at 11, which I don't think is necessary. Yes. B, the actual lines are stupid. No human, even in rural Pennsylvania, has ever talked that way, ever. Example. Give me an example. Um, I don't remember now. You had a good one. Uh, yo-yos. A bunch of yo-yos. Yeah, a bunch of yo-yos. That's something a grandfather says to his grandkids when one of them like farts and starts laughing. You say, yeah, yeah, a bunch of yo It's not something you say in the middle of a dire life or death situation. Like you're so full of rage that you reach out and you grab onto yo-yos and you throw it in their faces. Come on. <laughs> and I then just... pull it back and throw it again because it's a yo-yo. Oh, fuck. <laughs> It's just like it just really takes me out of the movie. Um, I really appreciate the reimagining of Barbara. Obviously, I think that's great. Um, I think as much as I love him, I'm just not. I'm just not sure that um, that Tony Todd is always sort of where I want him to be in this movie, but. I don't know. That's that's it, it, it's not a bad. I don't think it's a bad performance. I I think maybe they don't develop enough why he. This is just a, the a mild thing, but I feel like some of the times when Barbara's like, we could just run past them. Like there's literally five of those things out there. Let's just run for it. <laughs> and he's so hostile to the idea, and I don't quite think the movie explains that so then i end up feeling that that's about him and it's not really about him it's about the script but i just wish that there was more there's not enough there for me to understand why he's immediately like dismissive to that idea um but i don't know a a lot of the movie i think is really great and i think the ending though similar to the original ending plays on in a different way it has a different tone to it it makes me think very specifically of war uh and of uh the dehumanization of uh, enemies in war in order to justify your violence against them. And I think it plays really well. Um, I wish I I wish I resonated more with Harry Cooper as a villain so that his death at the end was more satisfying. I guess it's a little bit satisfying because I'm like, oh, finally, that guy sucks. But the idea that like <laughs> even, even here at the end, I must hear his voice. I'm like, no, please just spare me this one torture. Uh, it, 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 you know, it's it's just it's it's not enough to make it a bad movie, but it's definitely turns me off to part of the film. That being said, I still think it's mostly fun. What I don't understand is there are a not insignificant amount of people for whom this is clearly superior to the original, and I, I don't know. Oh, I don't understand. I love this that. movie, but I would never say that. I would never besmirch yeah. the good name. No, I'm not, and I'm not. Ac- I'm not accusing you. I just I'm trying to understand that viewpoint, <clears throat> like what works mm. for people about this. I guess if you really are here for the just the effects, I, you know, obviously this film was far more successful, but that's just a you know a tale of time. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, Justin. I know you love this movie, right? This is this yes, is I do. this is a big deal for you. I think this movie. Um, it has its shortcomings, 
you know, like you said, Tom Towles, it gets really old really quick. Um, but for me, I kind of fold that into like, this is like a shitty justification for, I guess, bad directing. Um, but I, I, I think it kind of, in the same way that like, um, I don't know, the model Rick Martel used, used to annoy me when I was a kid. He's a, he's a, he's a, a heel pro wrestler. That's the whole point is he's supposed to get under your skin. So that's, mm. that's, that's what gets me through this movie with, with Tom Tao's performance. Um, because he fails in every other, every other, uh, area of the character. He doesn't like, he has a father and they, 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 they keep making this reference that that's why he's so like, um, that's why he's worried. And he even says like, that's my daughter's life you're gambling with. And none of that sort of like paternal concern ever really shines through in any other, like there, there, there's nothing about this guy that says he gives a fuck about anybody, including, including his daughter. There's just, I don't know. He just comes off as like holy and absolutely unlikable. And, um, the scene where Barbara says that whatever she lost, she lost a long time ago is in a movie that takes a character who is historically and notoriously sort of one dimensional and vapid, um, reimagines that character as, uh, you know, I would say one of the great female characters in horror when it comes to like, uh, being somewhat like what's the word I'm looking for? Um, capable yeah. It just kind of gives her a little bit of agency in the story. Yeah, that whole thing of like whatever I lost, I lost a long time ago. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like your virginity? Like what? What do we? What's going on here? I, I don't understand. Um, that was the other movie. Yeah, that was the the Justin Lore story. Um, <laughs> I've never, I've never even met Patricia Tallman. Let me go on the record and say that. Also, I'm a virgin. So. Um, no, but this – there's just like this – I just – I don't know. Like I really um, – you know, I, I don't know if I can separate my nostalgia from this, from this movie. I don't know if I can separate my nostalgia for this movie from my actual enjoyment of it. Like I don't know if it's because like mm. this movie holds such a special place in my heart when it comes to like my history of appreciating horror films um, that maybe that's why I love it so much. But – I'm not concerning myself with with, an, with 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 figuring that out because I'll never figure it out. So it's meaning it's meaningless to talk about. Um, I just I don't know this. I just have a lot of fun with this movie. Um, anytime I watch it, I, I I don't get tired of it. Like there are certain movies you watch and you're like, okay, like you know, I I I like the first Iron Man, but watching Iron Man last night, it got kind of like, oh, okay. Like about 45, 50 minutes in, I was like, oh man, this movie. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I never have that with this movie. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, I was going to make a comment about how scary Karen Cooper looks when she like resurrects. And I do think that's like really creepy. But have you guys seen the actor who played her recently? Wowie Zowie. That's all I'm saying. Word? Word. Some nasty Kinski in there? Uh, her name's Heather Mazur, sir. <laughs> Noted. Right. Okay. No, I just like this movie. You know, I just, uh, I, I, I think the scene, like, uh, you know, when, 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 when Tony Todd first shows up and he's like talking about where he was, I don't know. It just, he plays, I, I see myself in Tony Todd. 
in this movie. He's like the perfect balance of like capable badass, but flawed human being and 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 sensitive and and flawed. <laughs> I just I just I really like that in a character. Yeah, I think that's the best. I mean, the best thing mm. about a movie for me is the dynamic between him and Barbara. But she doesn't speak up. Like, she's a much better character here. And, and yeah. the stuff with, like, going out is great. But she doesn't speak up for the first half of the movie. And I really mm. want to see more between the two of them. Because I think, yeah, like, it's interesting. They're both clearly the heroes. But they have different visions of what mm. should be done. And that's interesting. And I'd like mm. to see that explored more. Mm. But I just, um, like, I like all of the intentions of the movie. I think Tom Savini had good intentions with it. Obviously, he's doing it like he does with pretty much all his projects through the lens of Vietnam and obviously like he, you know, they're doing it to try and get George Romero money from not making any money off the first one. And then George right. stepped away. So Tom Savini was apparently left fighting with the remaining producers and quote called it the worst nightmare of my life. Which, right. As we talked about for someone who's been in Vietnam, that's a pretty big statement. Um, but to me though, like knowing how hard it was for him and what a trial it was, I'm actually amazed the movie is so successful. Like you would think for someone who he's willing to write this whole thing off, you know, when I've seen him talk about it, it's like this, this couldn't possibly be what he wanted. I'm surprised it is so successful at what it does, even if there are parts of it that feel mm, not quite what they could be. Um, it still works pretty well. I certainly find it more enjoyable than a lot of other um, <clears throat> remakes. Uh, and certainly, now that we have so many of them, other zombie movies. Uh, also, Justin, I think of you more as the kid who shoots the gas pump. That's more. If I was... <laughs> yeah? Why, why is that? Because I'm a fucking idiot? <laughs> no, I, because, no, you're, no. Be, because you're so charming and sincere. <laughs> no, let's be honest. We all know who I would be in this movie. The guy who shoots himself when Uncle Remus comes back to life. That's oh. who I would be. I was thinking you more as the guy who ha- has half a suit on and his ass is hanging out the that's, back. That's who I would be. <laughs> <laughs> Bootylicious. There you go. I, I, I do want to say, not to like, I mean, look, I agree with what you're saying. Like, in, in terms of the conditions it was made for, like, the money it was made for, like, it's, it's not a terrible movie. Like, I'm not saying it's terrible. I just don't, I just don't see it anything above here's a TV movie adaptation of something that was done 40 years ago. You know, that was great. I mean, I um, will say the first time I watched this, I did think it was made for TV. Um, and, and which sounds like a super bust, but I just mean it's not, it is kind of flat. The, just the way it looks, looks like, a pretty successful TV movie. And so um, I do think Savini probably had it in him to make a movie that looks better than this one in some ways. But I don't find the fact that it's kind of flat utterly distracting for me because there are still so many, for me, exciting and upsetting parts of this movie that I don't find the cinematic nature too distracting. Hmm. Or lack I thereof. Do, but I hear what you're saying. Like for for me, it's just be, between that and and I think I'll get pushed back on this from from someone here. But like I think the music is abhorrent in this, and between the music and the visuals, like that's that's a big thing for me. Like I'm all I like I really want mood and I, you know it's sure, a visual medium. Sure. You know, one of yeah. those two has to be creating the world. Yeah. And if neither are, it, it really bothers me. Mm. Just know. Justin, do you love the music here? <laughs> are you a big fan of the music? Yeah, I'm sorry that I appreciate. Threatening porno music. <laughs> is that a is that a is that a tab on? Porno? That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. 
<laughs> man, I was ready to like be like, oh man, what's Justin gonna say about the music? But that is really accurate. It sounds like threatening porno music. It's really weird. Has anybody seen any of Tom Savini's like the films he directed after this? Uh, oh, you mean like Shit Fuck High School and Return of the Dickheads? No, I've never seen any of his stupid movies. He's an asshole. <laughs> Jesus Is Christ. He? That was aggressive. It was very <laughs> aggressive. I thought you liked Tom Savini. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> really? Al, have you seen any of his other movies? No, I'm just looking it up because I was like, I want to know. Like, did it was this just a compromised yeah. production? Yeah. But he did like the Theater I... Bazaar, Dead Time Stories, Chill Factor, House Call. I've never heard or seen any of these movies, so I have no idea. Oh yeah, I've seen Chill Factor. I've seen Dead Time Stories. I have a personal uh, vendetta against against Tom Savini. Do you really? Do you? Yeah. Tell me about that. Why do you have a personal vendetta? I, I feel like I told this story before. I we we this is not the second time we've recorded, so it couldn't have been last time that we recorded because that never happened. <laughs> but he got snooty with me at a, at a convention. Uh, snooty for no reason. Not snooty. Sure. He is always really nice to me at conventions. Well, well you're a nice person. Why I yeah. this movie. I seem, nice. I seem, yeah, I seem yeah, to yeah. remember you saying at some point in our lives that he was very nice to you, and that was part of the appeal of this film for you. Yeah, that he gave this. That he gave the. He. I bought this DVD from him. It was a DVDR. Just saying, and he was uh, very kind about it, and he was like impressed that I liked it. And then he gave me uh, Night Riders, also, also a DVR. Just saying. I remember but, uh, that you liked it. <laughs> I yeah, remember man, he was like, "Oh, thanks, man." I remember um, being in Pittsburgh, bringing up a story that made me sad, which was about how he was uh, not the nicest to the uh, people on set for the perks of being a wallflower, which he is in as a teacher, Mm -hmm. and that his co-stars did not enjoy working with him. And the person from Pittsburgh informed me that everyone in Pittsburgh knows he's an asshole. Now, that was just their perspective as a Pittsburgh person, but according to them because he has spent a lot of time there. I don't know if he's still there now, that generally people think of him as a uh, not nice guy. So I don't know. I don't know one way or the other. I don't have a strong opinion Mm. about that per se. But I also, he wasn't snooty to me or nice to me. So that's I get the bias of not having personal experience with Tom Savini one way or the other. And we cannot confirm or deny whether he has or has not proposed to Nasty Kinski. That's, That's true. That's true. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. That's what I just said. I can either confirm. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna suggest he might have proposed to Tom Towles after this, but I don't know. Maybe not. Um, I so it sounds like we're 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 not that we're evaluating this way, but it sounds like we're three 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 for four on this film. <laughs> I'm giving it. I'm giving it a four point five out of ten. Oh, God damn it. Nice. Um, okay, I uh, I think we should take a quick break. We so are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about 2004's golden reinterpretation of the classic zombie oh, Jesus. film. Uh, Zack Snyder's 2004 golden reinterpretation of the classic zombie film, Dawn of the uh, Dead. We'll be right back after done, <laughs> Liam's done pissing in the toilet like a fucking chump. Do you lose sleep over strange projects funded by the CIA? Ever wonder which orifices ectoplasm comes out of? Come explore the unexplained and unexplainable with us on our podcast, Weird, Obscure, and Possibly Unsafe. We'll talk about Tulpamancy, Haunted Railroads, 
Sentient umbrella spirits. Mind-altering video games. Remote viewing. SpongeBob conspiracy theories. And it only gets weirder from there. Each episode will share three stories about all the weird things they tell you not to believe. Weird, obscure, and possibly unsafe. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. And we are back to talk about the very wonderful... Let me open up the Wikipedia so I can get every goddamn golden syllable of this fucking movie. (laughs) We're back to talk about 2004's American action horror film directed by Zack Snyder and written by James Gunn. Dawn of the Dead is a remake of George Romero's 1978 film, and it stars Sarah Polly, Ving Rhames, Jake Weber, and Mackay Pfeiffer. A handful of human survivors taking refuge in a suburban Milwaukee, Wisconsin shopping mall are surrounded by hordes of zombies. Now, I believe that everyone should have a chance to tell their side of the story. Which story? So, Liam. No, that's not how these start. Everyone Liam. starts by saying why they justify. chose Liam. why they chose their movie. Liam. So you have to do you have to start. Liam. I'm not saying anything. We're gonna have dead air here. Liam. <laughs> Liam. I just want to celebrate that we're finally Liam. in new content. <laughs> that's why none of us know what to say. We're like, oh shit, we haven't rehearsed this. What the fuck do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> Liam, who hurt you so bad from this movie that you hated so much? What did Mackay no, Pfeiffer no, no, say no, no, to you? That's Justin, you gotta start. justify you gotta your show. This is like a fucking no. trial. This is a trial right now. Yeah. The, the burden of proof is on me, and I'm gonna fucking shoulder that burden of proof. I'm gonna tell you a fucking story, okay? Do it. I love stories. <laughs> when my sister was younger, she used to work at the Regal Cinema. It's pulling the family. 248. No, if you knew this, no, this is yeah, before no. this is before my sister and I were friends. Um, she used to work at the Regal Cinema up on 248, where Liam and I where Liam almost got into a fight with a bunch of college kids during uh It Follows. Same movie theater. For the midnight showing, my sister got me into the employees only midnight showing of Dawn of the Dead. Zack Snyder's 2004 masterpiece. I snuck in a pizza to this movie. Before I was vegan, Pino's Pizza, I snuck in a whole pizza, four bags, two slices a bag. This movie. Baller. <laughs> hey, man, that's how I roll. I break all the rules. Four that bags hard, of pizza? Son. Four bags of pizza. Now, let me tell you, Al, guess how many of those bags I ate while watching this movie? None, because I was that <laughs> fucking shook by it. Because you put them in fucking bags. They were in a bag. They were, <laughs> they were in a <laughs> that's bag. Why, that's why you didn't touch it. Um... I don't know this. The, I, I I think like I'll I'll I, that the story went nowhere. Aside from I saw this movie, and then I walked outside and I was like, I'm going to be attacked <laughs> right now. Other than somewhere in the world, there are four bags with pizza still in yeah. there. Yeah, I was so fucking shook by it, this yeah. movie. I was so shook by this movie. Um, no, I mean I I I think it has like upon rewatch, it has a lot of stuff about Zack Snyder that I don't like. Namely, the Fat Boys on her on the soundtrack. It's, I don't mm-hmm. like that. Um, missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. But I did realize upon this time, upon rewatching it, the song that they're listening to in the elevator uh, when at the, at the end is Air Supplies All Out of Love, which is a great song. Mm. Another reason Liam can go fuck himself. Uh, <laughs> no, I just I, I, I think the opening, the opening sequence for this movie and the credit sequence are unrivaled in any horror movie. I think they are fucking amazing. Mm. And I think the movie successfully creates – like it maintains 
this feeling of like hopelessness and despair and it doesn't feel cruel. Um, I would say the only thing that I don't really like about this movie, like overall, aside from like the Zack Snyderisms, is um, I don't like. Is who? Tom Savini's cameo. There's that 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 <laughs> that made my blood pressure spike, but you know I I was okay. Um, no, I, I don't like um, Mackay Pfeiffer and his 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 girlfriend. I I think that was the just Russian all lady. Yeah, I I think the whole thing. I think the only reason they were in the movie was so we could see a zombie baby and it's not worth the payoff at all. They bring nothing else to this movie. They're dead weight. I don't like mm. it. Okay. I mean, the dead baby zombie was pretty brutal. It was okay. It was fine. <laughs> yeah. It's no train spotting dead baby, but you know, no. whatever. It's no it's mother with an exclamation point, dead baby. <laughs> Which I never want to uh-huh. see again because that movie is like a nightmare to me. And the more I think about it, the more I, I have I've had like existential panic thinking about that movie recently because that's how my nightmares go now is that I'm in a room full of people mm. trying to get out and I can't. Right. Okay. Now, our dear friend A. T. White. Hi. I don't know what the T stands for. I'm going to assume. Does. I'm assuming. I'm going to assume it stands for too cool for you. No, I'm British, so it stands for actual tea. Really? No, I don't drink tea. I don't need to. It's going on earlier about this fucking coffee and tea and shit. It's like, no, no, co- no caffeine okay. for me. What, what have they got for me that's not Al, caffeine? Al yeah. tits and ass white. Tell, yeah. tell me, <laughs> how do you feel about this movie? So when I first saw this movie... Uh, which was way back the week. It could, so in England, the way we had it was Dawn of the Dead and Shaun of the Dead came out the same week. Oh, um, oh no. So I saw them as a double bill and that was pretty fucking awesome because I love both of them. I was really into zombies and they both did it in completely different ways. And as I aforementioned, I was a huge Romero fan. So I was really, 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 really into it. Like I loved it. It made me a Zack Snyder, uh, like huge fan of him, uh, which is, you know, gone off the rails now sadly <laughs> like it went from the point of like loving him to trying to justify him to now oh just fuck it <laughs> like i can't even what do i what do i do anymore um so it was actually really interesting because i hadn't been back to it in a while and what i found strange about going back to it is i still really like it like i think it's a really it's a good film um it has yeah problems in it like his on the nose music taste is always a little bit much for me uh, but it doesn't have that many Zack Snyderisms. Even the visuals don't have his filters that he now likes to use and the way he likes to color grade everything. It doesn't have it's not like much. Punch. Yeah, half of it's not in slow motion, which is great. Um, but it, it's, I, I, I think this is what I want to see from a remake. Like when we're talking about Night of Living Dead and it's too close to original, this is not. Like this is kind of off the rails doing its own thing with the basic premise of zombies in a mall. And I appreciate that. Um, the surprise for me is I went back to it thinking I fucking love this movie and I came out of it going I like this movie and I think part of that is just the fact that we've had so much zombie stuff now that I've seen all of this again and again and again and again and again ad nauseum and done better in tv and done better in some movies um but this was you know the first time that the zombie genre had been like revitalized in this way and and it's hard to kind of rejudge it now for me. But I still really like it. I do have a bunch of problems. I'm sure we'll get into them. Um, it go. I, I really like, yeah, the end credits. And yeah, the opening, opening scene, it's not as quite as masterpiece 
Like I, th- I used to think it was a masterpiece. The opening, it's it's good. Like I like it a lot. But I love the top down scene. Like just that one top down shot with the uh, explosion of the gas station. Like that, I yes. think is a fantastic, fantastic moment. And then the opening credits. Yeah, sure. They're still they're very music video y. They're very Zack Snyder, but I love them. They're great. The song choice, the the blowing of the blood for the titles and stuff. I think it's really fucking cool. Very stylish still. Um, so yeah, I like it, and I will. Uh, Give my score for it later. Cool. <laughs> Please be Mr. Excited. Joshua, how do you feel about this movie? I like it a lot. I love this movie. It's super fun. And um, being... I, now listen, guys. I'm listening. I know. I rep Philadelphia all day and all night. I ride or die for my city. That said, it cannot be taken from me that I am a son of the Garden State. That being said... A person from New Jersey knows that any movie that happens in a mall will immediate be, immediately be beloved by you. This movie is no different. And, um, yep, this movie is the shit. I love it. And uh, it's one of those things where it's funny that Max Headroom's in there. Yes. <laughs> that still makes me laugh. Massive and, performance um, by Max Headroom. Yeah, super good. And I really like Sarah Polly. I love Sarah Polly a lot. Um, I think she's awesome in this movie. Um that opening sequence before before the Johnny Cash song starts, when the little girl jumps up in the hallway, that thing gave me fucking nightmares for a week after I saw this upon first watch. And going back to it for this viewing, still fucks me up, turns out. Because she just jumps up and looks so feral and terrifying. Oh, awful. Ball draining. Terrifying. Hate it. But, um... Yeah, no, overall, I enjoy this movie. I like Ving Rhames a lot. I like um, all the players I thought were really fun. And um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Interesting. That Liam. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Are all your affairs in order? Liam loves it. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Justin, you're too young to remember this, but I bet you Josh remembers this. Josh, were you one of those people who received a physical copy of the intro to this movie on exit of another movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I am. Al, I don't know if they did this in England, but here, and I don't remember which movie it was. I wish I could remember, but the way that they promoted this film is a physical version of what you would get virally on the internet. Now (laughs) you were leaving a movie and someone handed you a fucking DVD (laughs) DVD that was just just the opener of this. What's really weird is I remember that. Do you really? I do. Did you see it before the movie came out? Uh, I did. And I remember the only reason that the, the, the theatrical trailer for this movie was where like it's the trailer and then it starts to like cut apart and like as the film go- quote unquote goes bad and like burns away and it's just like a white screen you're like oh fuck the movie went bad and then you see like the silhouettes behind the movie and it's dawn of the dead the only reason that didn't scare the fuck out of me was because i knew it was coming because of the the uh because of that Sure, 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 sure. Mm. So um, I remember watching that footage with friends and being convinced that this was going to be the greatest fucking right. moment in all right. of horror <laughs> history because that opening sequence really fucked me up so yes. hard the first time I watched it. So then I went opening night with all our friends, really excited. It ended, and I remember thinking, well, that beginning still is fucking awesome. It, it gets a little squishy in the middle, 
I really like the end, though. I think overall this is a good movie. And for years, when people would bring up, justifiably so, that Zack Snyder sucks, I would say, I don't know, y'all. Dawn of the Dead is pretty dang good. Um, and then I remember starting a podcast. You may have heard of it. It's called Horror Business. I've heard of with, it, and I started it. Uh, with a gentleman. That's true. I joined a park podcast. Yes. Uh, some would say gave it its true birth. Yes. Uh, with What was this gentleman's name you started it with? Justin Lore. How is, big is his wiener, and is he a virgin? Uh, I, I don't know either of those things, and I don't want to know. The you point, know one the of point those is things. this. The point is this. My man fucking loves this movie. And yes, I remember he does. and I remember thinking, well, it's a little disappointing in some ways, but you know, it's still pretty good. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So at some point during our friendship, I revisited the film because of Justin's love Thank for you. it. And I Thank specifically him. sought out the uh the unrated version because I heard that was the better, the better version to watch. The the, the full get the full feeling. Um and I realized I did not like this movie. I continue to feel that way now, having rewatched it again for this uh, for this recording. Now we're talking about horror here, right? Yes. And so I don't want to shit on this too hard because it's obviously better than some things we've covered, even on this very podcast. And because Justin loves it so much, my inclination is to go the other direction and be like, it's a real piece of shit. It's a stinking pile of shit. I appreciate just, that. Thank just because, I, just because I'm so mad at Justin for yes. what I feel like is just over-the-top appraisal of this film. Yes. I'm so however, glad we got there. However, however, that's just not the case. It's not terrible by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't get the appeal of it for people who really are like, yeah, it's it, it's really good, though. It Have mostly you seen it? Have fun. you seen the movie? Yep. <laughs> and now on this third watch of the film, I don't like the movie. And I think I, I agree with you. The low point of the movie for me is the uh, zombie baby plot. I think not only does that not work, I think we deserve an apology. Like, I think yes. if I'm going to accept that Zack Snyder's still allowed to make movies, I need a written apology for the zombie baby subplot um, because it's bad from top to bottom. Um, but the rest of the movie, while not as egregious as that, it's just still not that fun or interesting for me. I don't really find it engaging. Um, I don't care about our buddy across the way at the gun store None of that is really interesting for me. I find the climax kind of predictable and a little bit boring. And the whole thing where it's like they get to the boat. And then, of course, during the credits, we find out that like they're just having a horrible time on the boat. And then they get to the island and there's just more zombies on the island. It's just I, I guess in a way I feel the opposite of you, Justin. Not only do I think the movie is cruel, I think it is never at any point able to justify its cruelty. It, it, okay. it feels like to me the mm, as close to the ultimate edgelord movie as I could think of. You're uh, kidding. No, like 100%. Um, without, without falling into actually being a farce. So like the ultimate edgelord movie, as we all know, is a Serbian film. But... Um, as, as close as a movie can be to being competent and still be total just edgy bullshit is this movie for me. See, uh, well, I, 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 I think what makes this movie <clears throat> – I do think the post credit scene pushes this movie into unnecessary cruelty. 
I don't like that. I think the rest of the movie is is nihilistic in a way that like I'm kind of okay with. I guess. I don't I don't I don't find myself caring about any of these people. I think this is this and this is a lot to say and this is from someone who has recently watched Baby Boy. This is the worst Ving Rhames performance I've ever seen in my life. It is the bottom of the barrel when it comes to him in a film. Um, he's utterly wasted in this movie. And I don't have much positive to say about anyone else in it either. Um, I, I, I just, there's just nobody here that I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm on this journey with this person. I care about this character. Um, and, and I don't, I, you know, I don't want to ride on that too hard. I've seen horror movies without any viable characters that I still found compelling. There's just nothing in here that I find super compelling. Um, and that's on top of the fact that for my taste in visuals, I think this movie is upsettingly ugly. Just just dark and, 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 and again, not dark in theme, dark in how it looks. Um, I think the colors are gross and stupid. I don't like what's happening with the cameras at all. I don't know. It, it, it is, granted, I might just be describing a movie directed by Zack Snyder but for me I I I find that this movie looks worse to my taste than some of his other movies um and I think that exacerbates a film that I'm already sort of like narratively not enjoying you know like again I want to I'm being probably too negative on it because we just recently watched it and I'm, I'm a little bummed about it it's not we're not talking about one of the oids here. It's it's definitely a right. film. It definitely works. It's a movie, but it's not a movie that I enjoy very much and I still think that were this an original property other people who also dislike this movie might be a little more forgiving of it, but this is the first time I watched it and thought even if this wasn't Dawn of the Dead, I don't think I would love this movie. Um I think I still would think it was a subpar uh, well, that's not fair because most zombie movies are bad. It would uh, it would be below the grouping of zombie movies that I like. Um, it would it would still be below it, and and that's a change because I really did when I saw this opening night. I really thought, you know, it's not the original, but holy shit, is it really good? And it, I just don't feel that now. It's it's it just doesn't feel like that for me now. How can what what do we have to do to get you back to that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that there's anything you can do, honestly. But I do appreciate the effort. But yeah, again, I, don't, I didn't I make don't, any effort. <laughs> I don't think time is gonna be favorable to it. Like, I like, I kind of, I hear what you're saying. It's like if you liked it before or you're on the fence before, I don't think there's any chance anyone's gonna like it more now. Like, it definitely, like, the visual style feels like someone who's trying to push their budget beyond the boundaries. He hasn't found out quite yet how he likes to shoot. Yeah, the grading does look kind of ugly in places. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, and all the zombie things we've seen done. Like at the time, it was it was a fresh take on this, and now it is not anymore. So I don't think anybody's going to like this film more with time. I think mm. you can only like it the same mm. or less. I mean, I don't. What I don't want to do is get on the whole. Also, the zombies are fast because no, I think that. I think that's erasure of Nightmare City, which yes. is not mm. not a zombie movie, but still imagery wise is basically a zombie. You know, I get that it's not a zombie movie, but come on. Come on. Yeah. No, it's the basic it's, it's the basic idea of like it's it, like I've said, 
fucking way too many times on the show. It still belongs in that loose family of us versus things that used to be us, but now are a them. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so that I don't think that's that's the big deal, but I think for me. I end up thinking about how he's utilizing the idea of zombies that are not shambling. That issue only comes up because I'm my mind is wandering during parts of this movie. You know, not all of it. There's still parts that I think are pretty strong, but um, I don't know. I I I think uh, I think the one character, if I'm really thinking about it, that like at least something is happening with is actually the uh, the asshole security guard. It's CJ, like, yeah. At least, at least mm-hmm. something is happening there. He starts in one place, he ends somewhere else. Yeah. I'm kind of into that. That's like the one sort of narrative where I'm kind of invested. There's just not much else for me in it. And I and I just again, I, I don't I, I if this was a different podcast, maybe I would even go harder on this. But considering the the quality of movies we've covered on this podcast in the past, I don't want to say this is a piece of shit because it's not, it's really not. And I don't think anyone should feel bad for loving it. Even though I wish Justin would stop throwing it in my fucking face. (laughs) Overall, overall, I don't actually think people should feel bad for loving it. Just for me, it's, it has not held up over time. And I, and I really, I'm really bummed on that. I, well, I guess I'm less bummed on it than I would be if Zack Snyder had a career after this that made me wish I loved him. But now I'm like, <laughs> nah, I'm kind of over this dude generally, so I guess it's not that big a deal. Would you uh, say this is the worst Zack Snyder film? Uh, having recently watched uh, uh, the new Justice League, the Zack Snyder's Justice League, <laughs> I would say, no, for me, this is not the worst Zack Snyder film. Interesting. No, absolutely not. This is one Again, of the best. Sucker fucks. Come on, man. <laughs> Sucker I don't Punch think I've, is abysmal. I've, I've never sat through Sucker Punch. I have no oh, idea. Oh, I did. But Sucker, but Sucker it's Punch is horrible. Sucker Punch is so hard because like no one can publicly say anything positive about Sucker Punch, nor should they, because it's like this story-wise, it is atrociously Ugh. terrible and inappropriate and just like very, very alarming with the stuff it's trying to do. But at least on a visual level, it it works to what he's trying to do. Like here, like this is a much better. I think this is one of his best movies, but I will say visually, it's not that appealing to me. Like. Other outside of that opening sequence, there's nothing in here that looks that stylish outside of the year it was made in, you know, where it was like, hey, we've got handheld cameras and we're boosting all the contrast and everything. Like, that's kind of it. Mm. Um, it does, it's not like, you know, his, his, after this, he did 300, which was all style, and then Watchmen, which, you know, it has tons of style in it. This doesn't feel like either of those, like at all. Um, and I agree with like the characters, like watching it this time, I was like, yeah, I don't hate any of these people, but I also don't care. And none of them other than that security guard have arcs and they're like the lead guy, like the good guy, father, dude, like his uh. sub story, just like, I just couldn't stop laughing. Like it was just so, so silly. And there was a moment for me, like, <laughs> so if you scroll back through Justin, Justin, did you do it on Instagram or just on Facebook? Well, you oh, posted I did it the, on Instagram. There you go. The, <laughs> with Andy holding up his board when he's turned into a zombie and he's written all over it in blood and you did this like emotive like post about it. And I think I saw that as we were watching the movie, uh, myself and my partner, and we, we, I just realized I'm on a different journey. I like this movie, but I'm on a different journey than you because I couldn't, I just burst out laughing <laughs> when I saw that scene. I was like, this is so fucking stupid. And I'm that totally there for it. That scared me so that that <laughs> upset me so bad. Not you making fun of me. The 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 scene like in the movie like there's just something about that that's so grim and I don't know. 
I did. Yeah. For, for me, it's like this movie is really stupid and I'm totally there for it and I have a good time with it, just not as much as I used to, which is like even at end credits, I was like, oh yeah, but it's that cool end credits bit where they get to the island. In my head, I'd like painted it as this beautiful big like set piece with a tropical island, not like some producer's pontoon at the back of his fucking house or something like with some bushes. Like it was, was like, it wasn't, everything was a bit of a letdown from what I remembered it being in my head other than that opening. I will say at the time, there were people who I saw this movie with who hated the end credit sequence because it was such a bummer. And like as much as I don't think it's totally earned, I will say simply being bummed that a zombie movie ended negatively was like, oh, right. People haven't seen as many zombie movies as I have. <laughs> like, like I remember a couple of people just were like, oh, that's a real bummer of an ending. And I'm like, unlike... Which movie are you thinking of that ends upbeat with the zombies? That's not what, you know, but whatever. And I do want to say if anybody listening is going to go and watch this after listening to this, I listened to this podcast reviewing this a little while ago and one of them pointed out, like once they get in the van and the bus at the end, uh, there are points of it which the I mean, the music is litigious and the shots are almost shot for shot from aliens and it's insane. Like insane, and once you know that, and you watch the end sequence, Wait, it's like oh, the whole the yeah. What sequence in Aliens? The first one when they're when when, they, when she's no, like aliens, when, when they're in the aliens, the, the troop carrier. Yeah, yeah. When they're when she when like, they're like when through. she breaks the thing. Yeah, yeah. When they're getting they're out like, of the mall, like in there, in there, uh, like uh, contraptions, the music is. I mean, it's not like there's no doubt about it. Like he modeled it all over that. Uh, told the composer do this. Like it's insane. And I'd oh, never noticed shit. it before, but if you watch it again, like check it out. It's kind of crazy. I, I will say, and this is there's a nitpick, but it, it did really occur to me this time when the when the one van flips over and they show like, oh no, the zombies are coming. There's like quite a, they there's a bit of an egregious time stretch there where they show like very similar shots of the same zombies coming around the corner where I'm like they would definitely already be there. Like, what the fuck is... It's 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 not something that happens a lot in the movie, but just that one sequence, I'm like, they're really stretching it out. Like, how long is this... How far away was that corner? Because it feels a lot closer. That's it's, it's just the one moment where I started to feel like whoever edited this is really editing for time right now. Like, they're really <laughs> stretching this moment out beyond what's <laughs> believable. But it was, you know, in a film that I don't love, that was the only moment where I really kind of felt it like... All right, come on, guys, come on! Like, oh, come on! The bit where they shoot the propane tank and the swarm of zombies—like everybody's dead. Like, that's, that's true. Insane. That is true. That is true. But it looks cool, and that's what Zack Snyder gives very, a shit about. That part did look very cool. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, anyways, Justin loves this movie, and uh, I don't hate him for it. <laughs> Correct. I'm giving it a seven point five out of ten. The oh, highest rank so sweet, far. Sweet Jesus. That used to be an eight. <laughs> that that would have used to been an eight point five for me I, back in the day. I, I, I take it back. Movie. Fuck this movie. Cap, <laughs> cap, so so far my ranking is cat people above all. Okay. Okay. All right. Now we're gonna move on to 2013's American Supernatural film directed by Fede Alvarez, Evil Dead. Al, talk about this movie. So when he came to me and he said, like, we're all picking movies and it turned out you're all doing remakes, um, obviously my head went to my, you know, legitimately favorite remakes, like The Thing, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1970s version, like, movies like that. But I was like, we've all, I don't want to, like, 
I wanted to either talk a lot more about those or it's just kind of I've talked about them ad nauseum. It's like I want to do something different that's more personal to me um, that not everybody likes. And you were doing ones from each decade. So I love it. We've got like 80s, 90s, 2000s, and now the teens, wasn't it just? When was that? 20, 2013, did you 13? say? Yeah, there you go. Fuck me. That was a long time ago. Um, I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. Um, I love the original. I hate this fucking idea. It's the same with Dawn of the Dead. We luckily didn't get into it, but I hate that idea of like, you either got to like the original or the remake and you can't love both. Like that's just deeply stupid. Um, uh, but yeah, I love the original Evil Dead and I love it for all of its passion and flaws and fun and creativity and energy, like all of that. Um, and when they were doing an Evil Dead remake, I was concerned until it's like, well, at least, you know, uh, Bruce and Sam Raimi were involved and in overseeing it. And then I started, and it's, you know, been directed by this person who did this short online on YouTube called Panic Attack that everybody got all excited about. And I watched and I was like, okay, so he does CGI. That's not boding well for me because I don't want CGI in this. And um, and then he started, then I started reading his accounts where he was like, we're doing all of this practical, like we, we really like want to embrace the ethos with how they made the original film, but we're going to go a completely different mood and make it really deadly serious. And I was like, okay, now I'm interested. Uh, oh yeah. And we're not having Ash in it, like, which was an important thing. Cause you're like, how the fuck can they recast Ash? Um, and I went to see it and it is now the movie that I, for my friends who don't watch horror films, this is the one I use to break them. Because uh, I'm like, if you don't watch horror films because they're too spooky, I'm like, just watch this with me in the dark at full volume and you'll be broken. And then you can watch whatever horror film you need to after that. Because it's so abhorrently like nasty and violent and just by the end of it loud um, that it goes beyond something that I feel you can be really scared of. And it's just something that I kind of revel and applaud at. Um, I think the effects are staggering. I think the first third is like the first act is the worst part by far because it's a bunch of good looking people. It's just kind of, yeah. It's like a bunch of models lost in the woods. Exactly. And I think the setup is fine. Like I think the idea of like tying into something more personal to do with someone trying to get off addiction. I think that's, that's a good premise. I think that's the right instinct to go with, but yeah, the, the beginning, the writing isn't amazing. The actors aren't amazing, but you're through it pretty quick. And then you're just into the nastiness that continues for the entire movie, escalates for the entire movie. And I fucking love it so much. Um, it is, yeah, it's just one of, for me, it's just, it's one of the best examples of just what a straight up modern horror film should be. It's not wry, it's not winking to you. It's not trying to be cute. And it's not, no, it's not jokey like the original The Evil Dead. It's a very different film and, and I love it. It is, I'm going to spoil my score right now. It's a nine out of 10 for me. <laughs> come at me i got to interview fede alvarez for this one because uh when this came out i was still writing for somebody else and um he was very nice i remember like being watching the movie and being like this is a mean movie <laughs> and you know what i still think that shit it's mean as fuck it's one of those movies that like upon rewatch i was like Oh my goodness. I'm I'm offended by this. Like it hurts my heart a little bit. Especially <laughs> like the 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 tongue on the razor bit in this oh, fruit cellar. So good. Oh, that part makes me so sad. It's like, cool. Oh. <laughs> but um but that dude was really really nice when I when I talked to him. And uh, you know, we commiserated over having the same last name. It's cool cuz we're bros now. But um yeah, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I've only heard it is mean. About it. It's a mean fucking movie. Yeah, it's well, yeah, his, his it is pitch, a nasty movie. 
so his pitch for this because they originally like they offered it to Chamwook uh, Park who did Old Boy mm. um, and he turned yeah. it down they had like Ashton Kutcher was involved at one point as Ash Whoa. which would have been insane um, but when Fede like pitched them his his pitch was the audience want, I want to make the audience feel like they're watching something that they're not meant to watch I love that <laughs> No, I was going to say, that's honestly how I feel about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The original one, mm. it feels like we're watching something that we shouldn't be watching. Fair enough. Yeah. He talked at length about the uh, the actual practical effect of the blood at the end. And he was saying how like they were spraying gallons upon gallons upon gallons of blood for that whole sequence. Like, for real. Yeah, it's insane. Wow. So the original used between 200 and 300 gallons of blood. This this version used seventy thousand gallons of blood, and fifty thousand just in the final scene. Jesus. So brutal! It's insane. Liam, how much did you hate this movie? Uh, I don't. I don't hate this movie. I don't. I don't hate <laughs> it at all. Um, ah, okay. I'm. Sh- it's a different relationship because, like I said, when I first saw uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake, I loved it and then over time it kind of fell apart for me um i feel the same way about this as when i saw it which is i think it is very mean um it i think it is very well done effects wise um i don't i'm just i'm not as pulled into the narrative as i think you guys are like i think that that it sounds like y'all are really uh are more into the story and i'm kind of like medium on the story it, it, it's not really that interesting for me but i also kind of like the movie really commits to um while there aren't a lot of people to die uh none of them are particularly precious you know what i mean like and and and, mm. and we're gonna be as brutal to them as we need to be and at no point do you go ah you couldn't commit like you know sometimes when you watch a horror movie it, it, decisions are made where you think yeah, I get it. You didn't want to mess up your, you know, this person or that. You know, like the people hold back, and this film doesn't hold back, and I appreciate that. But, um, but I don't, I, I, I don't love it. Love it, you know. Like I, I, I don't. Mm. It, you know, I, I, there's something about maybe there's just something about the first, uh, and, and and I think you could just say the first two, right? Maybe there's something about the humor of the first two that I that I really do love, and this more serious version just is less appealing to me. Um, but I also don't think it's bad either. Like I, I enjoyed watching it. I find it compelling. Um, I don't think it's as scary as like people I know who really love this movie tend to think it's not just brutal, but also like really frightening. Like they're really like, Oh, I got to hide my face. This is fucking me up. And, uh, I just don't feel that way about this movie. I think there are definitely moments that are so intense that I found myself maybe wanting to cover my eyes a little bit because I'm like, oh, this is so fucking gross. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But uh, but I didn't, you know, I, I think uh, I think sometimes people who love this movie are people who are hard, you know, uh, people who aren't as easily compelled as like, you know, one of the things that people love about Justin Lore is that he's actually afraid of, of horror movies, you know, like that sometimes movies really like nobody loves out. it about me. I've had multiple people who listen to this show say that's the only reason they listen is that the fact that you're actually afraid of horror movies like is compelling to them. Um, <laughs> and I think there are people who aren't like you who found this movie actually terrifying. And I, for whatever reason, I, I don't find it that scary, but, but I do enjoy it. Um, and I think, 
honestly, I, I I'm surprised there wasn't a future in continuing this franchise in this direction. Not that I completely hate the decision to go totally camp on the TV show, like whatever, that's fine. But I'm surprised there wasn't a sequel to this that was the same style, that was like very much like, what if we did Evil Dead but did it like, fuck you? You know what I mean? Like, I just think, I think there's a future there, even if I wouldn't be first in line for that because it's just not, for whatever reason, I don't find it as interesting as some other things. But, um, but I, I would have assumed that that was marketable, that people would be stoked on it. And I don't know if this is true or not, but the vibe I get sometimes is that there's a lot of people who like fucking hate this. Like they really think it's like, yeah. does it work? And I, I don't, I don't get that either. I find that as much as I find Justin's deep love for Dawn of the Dead remake confusing, I find the deep hatred for this movie even more confusing. I don't know what it is that people find just terrible about this movie. Well, because a a lot of times that's rooted in like a bullshit, like reflexive anti-remake stance that fucking everybody has. I was going to say, I have that stance. I think most remakes are a bad idea. I don't support it. I think whatever money you were going to spend on that remake, you should spend on an original property. I don't like remakes. And yet, this movie's pretty good. You know, like, I don't, you know, it's fine. You know, I, I, I just, there, there are remakes that work, uh, but I'm generally biased against remakes, and I don't hate this movie. So I, I don't know. I, I, I think if, you're right, there are probably people who just irrationally hate it because Bruce Campbell isn't in it. But I definitely, I don't think that's everyone. I think there are some people who actually think it's bad, and I don't, quite get where they're coming from i haven't like i mean i know sorry i know justin hadn't had it say yet but just to jump in with the things you were saying like for yeah with that erat like that's why i don't talk about it that much because it is one of in genre worlds people fucking get furious with you as if it's challenging the original film and one of those people is my girlfriend who she loves the original movie and whenever i talk about well, this movie she gets it like there's an emotional response of anger she's about it. She's mad, yeah. Yeah, but then when I talk to her about a movie or watch it, she's like, no, I like it, it's a good movie. But like, there's just this emotional response of as if it's like pissing all over the original one just because it's not got Bruce Campbell, just because it's not funny in tone, like all of these things. I'm like, no, they both exist. And the reason why there isn't a sequel is I didn't know until researching for this show, which was they basically were refusing, they, their plan was to make this and then the next film was going to be Army of Darkness 2 starring Mia um, and they were doing Ash versus the Evil Dead at the same time to reintroduce where Ash was at so then we'd have Army of Darkness 2 go to cinemas with Mia and then a final film with Ash and Mia teaming up that was their plan and I can't fathom that in tonal like how those two things collide I, and I guess yeah I can't wrap my head around that at all yeah. and I guess Universal Studios can either because they passed on it but I mean well, that said he, they are doing another Evil Dead now here, so, yeah. here's, here's my deal as much as I like the differences in tone, the way that combining these two things would be an utter mind fuck is like very appealing to me. Even yeah, though that's even, totally right up my alley. Yeah, even yeah, yeah. knowing that it probably wouldn't work. But then again, you know what it makes me think of is like a movie like Save the Green Planet. Like it makes me think mm-hmm. of like like really what this they weird need. Mashup. They need like a like a Korean or a Japanese director who already is doing tonal mismatch shit and just have them jump in and go yeah 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 every time Bruce is on screen it's funny and every time Mia's on screen it's upsetting and we'll just do that the whole fucking movie and I'd like as much as I might actually hate that movie I would still go with excitement because I'm like how the fuck is this gonna work I need to know you know 
to be clear, I'm to- I would fucking love that trilogy of movies, but I can completely understand why Universal Studios is like, no, this is not a sad yeah, investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah. Justin, Justin, get into it, yeah. Uh, I really I really like this movie. I remember seeing the, the first trailer for it that dropped at Comic-Con, and I think in 2013. Um, I like how grim it is. Um I like the fact that it takes a look at it, it kind of tells like a, like a like a parable about addiction. It works like an actual like allegory in there. I I, I appreciate that. Um, it's one of the few horror films I've seen where a dog dies and it's not used for like mere shock value. And I think that that scene in particular was extremely moving, just beyond um, like a like a sort of like instinctive clench. Uh, emotionally, I, I think it kind of made that character even more vulnerable and on edge um, than they were already. And I think it kind of sets the stage. And this is like a little side note thing. Um, I think this might be one of maybe two movies, if you can count an American War from London as one of those movies, where the gimmick, the setup of the character is looking in a mirror and there's nothing there. And then they look back up and there's something there. 99% of the time, that's not scary because you know it's going to happen. And even in an American War from London, I think it's more funny than anything else. But in this movie, when the character like looks up and she sees the image of herself with her fucking – like the sort of Glasgow smile thing going on, that's really effective. And mm-hmm. it, like that really got me the first time I saw it. I think it's one of the few times where I was like, oh, shit, that was scarier than just like like a like a mere jump scare. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I, like demons in movies very much, but I will say, like, I agree with you about that scene. I, I, one thing I have against this movie is just they have the same imagery of obviously her in the cellar from the original, and the original yeah. is terrifying. Like, the, the, she, she is nowhere near as scary as the original. No, no, the, the, yeah, the, the, in the original, it doesn't even look like a fucking human being after a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like the mythos of this movie, if you can say there's a mythos. Like, I like the idea that there's this um named intelligence behind this abomination that's behind it all um this isn't really something i dislike about the movie but it, it, it's something that i i really don't like about a lot of horror movies is that um it, it's like this movie tries to to set the stage for some sort of non uh judeo christian uh demonic whatever but it's still like a lot of the imagery in the book is still like um, the devil and Satan. And like I like the idea that in the original it was just like they're fucking demons. Like they're just demons from another dimension, which is so much more scarier to me than the devil. Uh, <laughs> I, I will, just jumping off that real quick. I will say I think the imagery of the book for, for my taste in this movie – doesn't really work. I it, it feels corny to me. It was one of the yeah, only yeah. parts because I think overall the, the movie somehow manages to like avoid, you know, corniness or however you want to put that, like you know, silliness. And I find the book so stupid that it felt totally like it should have been in a different movie. Like it's I actually like, like it, the scene where Lou Lou is his name Pusey or is it Lou Lou Pucci? It's Lou Pucci. It's Pucci. <laughs> when Lou Pucci is cutting the barbed wire off it, that felt almost like something out of a Weird Al video. 
Like how it's like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't touch this book. Like, why shouldn't we touch? Because it's evil. Like when you have to cut through fucking barbed wire to get to something, <laughs> and then the first word you see is don't read the book, and you're like, huh, I better see what's in here. Like that's like a parody to me. That's ridiculous. It That in and of itself was ridiculous. But I will say then they get to the point where like – there are very well done illustrations of the various things that are going to happen to her. Like I'm just imagining like the dark witches being like, you need some more shading on this, this part where yeah. can you shade yeah. it a little more here? You the, please oh, go this. full Ramita on this. Yeah. 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 It's just, I, it, not that the book in the original is that, uh, is that perfect, but, no, but again, it's terrifying. I, and, and it's a different kind of movie, right? Like, if this movie's supposed to be mm. the more serious version, the place where it falls short a little bit for me the most is that book, which I just think every time I'm like, ah, mm. come on, come on. Yeah, and and honestly, like I, a- even the whole thing, like, I don't know that I would even love her being sort of, like, buried alive and coming back if it wasn't for the way that the ending kind of ramps it up so it makes it so exciting. It, if it wasn't for that, I, I might be a little, like, meh on that point. But... When she's, you know, sort of battling this embodiment at the end and, you know, losing her arm and all that shit, all that is so fucking just intense that I don't have time to go, does this work? Am I into the? It's no, like, I'm, I'm, yeah. You're, you're yeah. so on board with that stuff. It doesn't matter. You don't stop and go, that was a little cheap. That was a little cheap to, to bury a lot. It doesn't, it, I just didn't feel that. I just felt like, yeah, it works. It all works. It's good. Yeah. Which is kind of, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. It's like on a script level, I read this script. I'm like, this is rote. This is everything done a million times before. People looking in mirrors, like an opening scene with a bunch of like strange people watching someone burn. Like everything is like, I've seen it before. Like how, and I just feel he does such a fantastic job with how he shoots it all to get the best stuff out of that, which I, I agree with the book. Um, but yeah, like in terms of like when the first time watching it, you can't help but obviously compare the bits to the original movie. So you're waiting for like, well, what are they going to do with, you know, a hand or something or with the arm? And then you get like the, I've forgotten her name, but the woman in the kitchen who's like, it's half hanging oh, yeah. off. And you're like, holy fuck. And then at the end, yeah, she'd like, they go a level beyond that, which you're not expecting by that point because they've diffused your expectations with the previous one. And she's like ripping her own fucking arm off. Um, it's just like, even the tree scene. I remember the first time I watched it, like, well, they're not going to yeah, do the dude, tree the scene. Yeah, the tree rape scene Surely. is so fucked up in this movie. <laughs> it's so brutal. I, I, I will say that is one point where I thought, we could have left it out. Actually, I don't need that. Mm. I don't need. I don't like it in the in the old movies. The original, yeah, yeah, and and I don't like it here either. Well, it's, that's like. I mean, remember when we saw "Don't Breathe" at uh at um at Becky's, yeah, the drive-in, not Becky Jones. Uh, w- this dude, this director, just has a thing about that. Like, I mean, granted, he didn't introduce the true rape scene, but there's still that like that unwelcome and unpleasant like all right are we gonna do this like like the turkey baster and don't breathe which was like ah and then like the tree scene the, the, the tree rape scene in this one was like okay uh oh, there it is i hear what you're saying but like because of the two films and the turkey baster i feel there's like room to be is this necessary or is this exploited like i feel though with this movie from start to finish it's about like it's it's that true terminology of like when you meet people and like oh i didn't like this that like that horror film when that thing happened because it made me too uncomfortable it's like you should be feeling fucking uncomfortable it's a fucking horror yeah film. i'm I'm all, I'm all for that um and again it's 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 not like he pulled that scene uh out of thin air i get that um i just knowing 
what I know about this guy based on the don't breathe thing, I'm kind of like, okay. And I mean, it's fun. like, it didn't, it didn't ruin the experience for me. Like, let me be clear. I wasn't like, well, that's it. I'm, fuck this movie. Um, I don't know. I, I just, it was a little, a little much we'll say. Yeah, I mean, I think have to, it's sorry. not the same for me as Don't Breathe because I actually legitimately hate that movie. Like, I really don't yeah. like it at all. Um, but it, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like I was like deeply offended. It's just one of those things that like I don't love, and so I guess my anxiety about it is it felt to me, and maybe I'm alone in this. It felt to me like fan service, and I was like, yeah, you know, we're doing a new thing here. We're changing it up. So of all the fan servicey things we want to do, we're going to do the tree thing. I, I, I just, can understand from his point of view, though. He would have been so, like, and he was, like you see those pre-interviews with him before he came out, he was so nervous about pissing off the fans and knew he was going to piss off the fans. I can definitely appreciate that, like, that was that's such, rightly or wrongly, you know, inappropriate or appropriate, that's a very important scene for people from the original movie. And that, I feel, was his statement of, like, look, we're willing to fucking go there as much as the original film did, basically, which is, I think it's understandable, and I don't find good. it to be... I don't find it to be in any way exploitative. It's just like, no, this is just like, I mean, obviously it is, but everything in this movie is exploitative. <laughs> like, it's just, mm. that's kind of what I mean. It's like everything goes so beyond any realm of good taste that it becomes the most sort of nasty party movie I've ever seen. Like, where it's just like, this is just one to get other people who like hardcore horror films and you can just like clap through it because you can't believe they just keep going there the whole way. But unlike something like a Serbian film, Oh, this is man. this is done. Sucks. Yeah, this is done in a way where you can still like it's still a popcorn film somehow. <laughs> I don't know how, but it is still a popcorn. Shitty film. popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> mean ass popcorn. All kernels. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's it. We just <laughs> dropped the mic. <laughs> Does anyone else have anything else to say about Evil Dead 2013? I like it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's dope. It's it's <laughs> certainly better than Dawn of the Dead. Okay, tomato tomato. Either either teach their own. It's not as all right. As well, I would put it. I would put it. I would put it just. Where would you put it, Liam? Where would you just put it? just below cat people. <laughs> Just below Cat People. No, actually, I think I might go just below Night of the... I might go Cat People, Night of the Living Dead, Evil Dead. Or, I don't know. I might actually... I, I'm actually torn because I think I would put Night of the Living Dead, the remake, over this. But that is partly nostalgia. Because mm. even though it's the remake, it's old enough that I feel nostalgia for the Night of the Living Dead. Re- you know what I mean? Like, so there's mm. an... Like, I wonder if I was nostalgic for this, if I might actually like it better than the Night of Living Dead remake? I don't know. That's an interesting question. And obviously all of them are better than Dawn of the Dead. That's not even a fair comparison. <laughs> it's not even fair. It wouldn't even be fair. A fair comparison would be like Dawn of the Dead and like Inseminoid or something like that. You know? <laughs> all right. <Holy. laughs> well, that was our 100th episode. We made it. We crossed the line, we, we stormed it. across it, and me and Liam didn't kill each other, and we're still <laughs> And at least 50% of it was original content, so that's exciting. At least 50%. That's true. And we have so, to check back to see if Justin's on this episode. 
Liam, am Everyone's I? Everyone's on the uh, shut the fuck up. You know <laughs> am what? I, Liam? You know what? How about this? Next episode of both podcasts, you guys record them. And then when do we record then we you can record be sure. With, we have to record with Chris Reject. We have to record with Chris Reject. Well, we already did, so you know. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, Al, Josh, thank you guys so fucking much for not only being on this episode, but for being the fucking down till the fucking end homies that you are to this podcast and to me and Leo's people. We appreciate it so fucking much. Thank you. Al, do you want to uh, plug your podcast? I mean, we've we've plugged your movie so much that people think that you paid us money under the table or something. But <laughs> Try, to, try <laughs> to prove that I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you want to also plug your podcast? Uh, yeah, we've been away. I mean, we've done, we got like four years of content, so you can still go check it out. It's called We Are Geeks. And yeah, we, we do sort of two hour dissections of each movie in a franchise. Um, and we've been away for about six months because we had a bunch of personal tragedies that kind of made us step back for a little bit and reassess. And we are coming back, I believe it'll be next month um, with a little bit of a new take on it. And then also returning to the usual stuff as well. It just awesome. might be once every two weeks rather than every sure. week because, you know, life. Yeah, totally, totally. Mm. Josh, obviously everyone knows Cinepunks because, you know, we're the best podcast in the world, but uh, true. do you want to also plug any of your music or anything like that in case, weirdly, there's anyone listening who doesn't know who you are? <laughs> uh, yeah, listen to Cross Keys. We're dope. What about Swamp Witch or whatever your new project is called? Swamp oh, Witch? Hard is turf? that a thing? Hard, hard Turf. turf. Oh. Hard Turf is coming for your neck, son, and it's going to blow your mind or it's just going to make you smoke a lot of weed. I don't know. It's basically um, me and Warren are doing our fourth band together. And I just like making faces at Warren while he plays drums and I play bass and it's a good time. And, uh, you know, Scott from brothers keepers playing guitar and Jason Swisher singing. It's, it's heavy. It's heavy as fuck. I'm not going to lie to you. And um, hopefully it's good. I don't know. Two Asian people in one band. First time for me. Just saying. So first time ever, I think. First time ever, I think. First time ever. Unless you're Boris, yeah. If you could equate this new project to one of the films covered on this podcast, which one would you pick? It's got the dirt of, uh, I'd say it has, it, it, it's sexy like Cat People is. It's mm. bloody like the remake of, of, uh, of Evil Dead. I'm already buying and, tickets. Um, it's got the heart, baby. It's got the heart of Night of the Living Dead. You know what I'm saying? And it's got the, the, the swiftness. The yes. impending doom yes. of Dawn of the Dead. Yes. Yeah, it's all in there. All of that. And two Asian people. Great. <laughs> also with I'm, Dawn of the Dead. I'm I'm only sold I'm only sold on the two Asians. That's the only thing you got me on. That's enough. Hey man, I'm one That's of enough. them. So you know. Yeah. One of, the be- one of the best. That's what I say. <laughs> I like some sort of weird racist uncle. That Josh is one of the good ones. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I think I, I think I literally I, am, I think I literally said one of the best. So you've actually downgraded him. <laughs> Jeez, Justin. That's a that's a variation of one of the good ones. I don't know what you honestly, mean. Honestly, though, I don't honestly, know. What, real talk, since, real talk, I, since I'm not a on, white, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, a white. Damn. He's talking about you, Al. But um, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I am honored to be on this 100th episode of Howard Business. And seriously, Justin, this whole thing is a testament to your fandom and your love as a movie viewer and as a friend. And I think that this shit is awesome. And yeah. I'm so happy to be here. Like, I'm legitimately honored to be here. I mean, Thank like, you. I talk to Liam all the time, so it's cool. Yeah, it's but, fun. like, legit, like, 
I'm not going to lie to you, Justin. There are times when I've thought about Cinepunks and Mass, and I've thought about just like a whole bunch of all this other creative stuff that I do. And in regards to just like the way my life is going currently and where I should be and all that stuff. And I keep on thinking about setting it all on fire and just walking the fuck away. But honestly, your love for horror films specifically inspires me to the point where I'm just like, you know what, though? I want to know a love like that in my life that, above all, it's truly and purely love. Thank you. And I mean, like, I love, like, you know, I love you guys. I love my wife and all that stuff. But, like, to love a thing that, like, that exists, like, almost for you. I want to know that. And that's really inspiring to me. And 100 episodes of Horror Business is purely that to me. So thank you for having me today. And I love I love the show and I love you. Thank you, Josh. Liam's okay. Yeah, uh, Liam's I'm, pretty cool. I'm just here I mean, to shit on all your childhood <laughs> nostalgia. So. I mean, I think ju- I think I think Justice Love is probably a little unhealthy, but that's just me. Yeah, uh, you know, we all gotta love something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's my piece. That's what I wanted to say. Thank you, Josh. All right, so thank you for listening. Thanks for thank literally for making listening. it so there's fucking nothing nice I can say at the end of the show because I was so beautiful <laughs> yeah. and yeah. heartfelt and I was like, oh, fuck, what the hell do I say now? <laughs> nothing. Nothing, Al. Nothing. nothing. <laughs> Just, yeah, sure, I was here, I came, whatever, move on. Uh, he, 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 basically, there's at this point, all you can do is dedicate your next film to Justin. That's, a, that's, <laughs> that's all you have left. <laughs> All right. Liam, thank you for sticking by me for 98 episodes so far. 97. <laughs> thank you. I think that's right. That's that's I think accurate. we're right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, 97. Uh, it's 97. 97. Yeah. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening. Thanks to our Patreons. I do that every fucking time. Every fucking time. <laughs> thank you to our patrons on Patreon for giving us your fucking cash. Not, um, and if not, you, <laughs> not quite enough, not quite enough cash for for Justin to have a microphone, but still a good amount. I'll get fucked a microphone. I'll get a microphone. Thank you. you I'm going to send, I'm gonna send you part. a fucking microphone. Patreon.com backslash Cinepunks. You can head to www.xlvacx.com for our Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations homies and check them out. You can head to Essex Coffee Roasters plural. Sure. Dot com. <laughs> Promo code CinePunks in all capital letters. Just imagine me screaming it at you, and that's how you do it. Um, but what if I don't want caffeine? What do I do? <laughs> they got they tea have there. T-shirts, they, Al. T's got caffeine. They have decaf. Come on, come on, buddy. They have T-shirts, man. They Let's also have. No wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I love that you just said tea has caffeine. It you does. know they have herbal teas too, right? It's not I'm just. Not it's just not anything the from the tea. earth. Doesn't yeah. interest me. I know. Made the queen's from tea. Herbs. I just want Mad man-made shape. bullshit. Made from herbs. <laughs> they got that herbs. herb for you. Do you know? Uh, I don't. I don't drink tea, coffee, alcohol, like water. Nothing. It's a very difficult existence. Wow, they oh. do it different in Europe. You just. You just do ketamine. Is that the? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sunlight. That's it. Yeah. That's all that makes out. <laughs> Sometimes. As long as Al has his party favors, he doesn't need any of that unhealthy shit. Uh, I also want to hype up uh, coming up on May 21st and May 22nd at the Mahoning Drive-In. Uh, the homie Chris Reject is doing a real rumble event, which is two nights of outdoor uh, professional wrestling uh, featuring horror business fan favorite, Dan Champion. Um, and... 
movies both nights. Friday night, the night I'll be there, the night Liam will be there, and the night fucking Josh will be there, they're showing They Live. So be there. And 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 uh, let's just say if you listen to the upcoming episode of Cinepunks, Chris might uh, reveal what the secret second movie is. No shit. Maybe mm-hmm. I can't. Con- I can neither confirm nor our, deny. Our next episode is going to have Chris on, so brace yourselves because he's insufferable, and I am gonna. That's gonna. I'm. I. I can't. I might have to take a Xanax before being on the show with him because he's that bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can head to cinepunks.com for more episodes of this show and lots of other great podcasts. If you're listening to us on Apple, on Apple, <laughs> on fucking iTunes. <laughs> Just be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and download, download, download. Tell your fucking friends. Tell the person you have a crush on. Tell fucking Jim from accounting to mind his own fucking business about the TPS reports. And then tell him about this podcast. And as always, remember, billionaires are immoral and we should cut Elon Musk's fucking head off and put it on a fucking stake. Good night. Don't talk, just listen. Sun, there is no hope, only mystery, wonder, and danger. Black Sun Dispatches on the Cinefunks Podcast Network.